I can, I can take someone and teach them all the, the facts and the figures. I can, I can tell them how to, how to do certain things in physics and understand the physics, the laws of physics. And I can tell them how to um, wire and, and, I mean, all these things. Like, we can teach all these. We call these hard skills. We teach all these hard skills. But uh, did you hit record, Nathan, by the way? Okay, but the one that we're struggling with is something called um, soft skills. And um, it's one of the things that most of the employers complain about. Brother Larry talked about hiring people and finding people that work hard and do a good job like Brother Zach. And, and um, one of the things that we struggle with is um, somehow impressing upon uh, the next generating or graduating class or young. I, I don't want to just make exclusively to young people because it's really just about everybody in this day and age and teaching them about how it is important to show up on time and you know, things like that. How it's important to, to fill out paperwork and um, how, how it is important to, you know, do an honest day's work. It, in fact, it seems like uh, most employers are complaining about the fact that most people are trying their hardest not to do work at work. And it's just, it's a constant struggle. In, in fact, it's almost become a fact of life. Most of our employers will say that I have to hire about 20 people to find one good one. I thought, what in the world is going on? So, so I began thinking, you know, a little bit about this from that side of, you know, one of the hats that I wear. And, and you know, we have struggled trying to um, get them to do certain things. Even, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, today, today was just the last kind of get-together that they had. And, and um, our employers have said, before I hire students, they need to have a fork truck license. They need to be able to drive a bobcat. They need to be able to drive a, uh, one of these... Um, Genie boom uh, stand-ups and, and just a couple of different things and and oh, it would be nice if they uh, you know if they now they already have their first aid CPR they already have all those uh, other certificates hazmat and all those areas but you know things like putting on a harness just simple things like putting on a harness and I mean just stuff like that and we had all these stations set up and I watched there was only 24 students going through this and um, towards the end of the day or, or the end of the class which ended about one o'clock. Uh, I've seen about three or three students. I know one of them very personally, and and uh, they were just kind of they they were at the last station, and they were just kind of doing one of these numbers, just kind of backing up, just kind of doing one of these. And I kind of walk up behind, so where, where are you guys going? I, they said, oh, 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 nowhere. I said, have you done this station? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them that knows me looks at me and says, I ain't doing that. That's stupid. I'm not putting on a harness. I mean, how hard can it be just to put a stupid harness on? And, this is, this is ridiculous. I'll never do this in my job. And, and I turned around to find the teacher to, to express uh, the importance of understanding how to do this, particularly for this student because he wants to work at an ethanol plant. And he's going to be working on the mezzanine. He's going to be working up at heights of 30 feet or so. And he's going to be, I mean, this is, if all the skills that he needed, this was one that he needed. And when I turned around, he was just gone. And I thought, I hope he didn't list me as a reference. I, I really don't. I, I hope. I mean, it seems like such a little thing. Just, I, I, I mean, 10 more minutes you'd been out of here. Just, 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 just a little bit more effort and, and you would have made it through here. And I went to the instructor afterwards. I said, do we give like F's for this day? And he says, no, they just don't get the you know, certification. And and he said, some of these students just frankly don't care. I thought, well, 
Now, now, I happen to know these group of students because they have been talking about all semester when the big money comes in. And when I make 80000 or when I make 90000 or when that company, they, they tell me, the company's going to hire me right off the bat for 30 bucks an hour. And I thought, Why? Why? And in fact, if they would have listened at the beginning of the day, we were talking about these little skills that, that, that will set you apart and make the difference between you having a successful career and, and not having a successful career. And the instructor that taught this class said, you know, you, know, you just don't come into a company uh, on Monday working for the janitorial crew and expect to be the CEO of the office by Tuesday. It, it just don't, don't happen. And, and we're finding an interesting trend. There's a lot of smaller companies that are getting so frustrated with this philosophy that they make everybody start at the bottom. They don't care if you're the HR director. The, they don't care if you're the bookkeeper. They don't care if you're an engineer. They don't care if you're there to weld. They really don't care. You, Everybody in that company has to start in their panel build shop in, the, in one of their lower jobs, and they have to work at least two weeks in there if they're going to be in office, anything in the office. They have to go two weeks there, which includes sweeping and mopping and, and cleaning up at night and, and taking inventory, and then they have to go two weeks and work over in this department and two weeks. It's like a month before they can ever get to the job that they were hired for. And they just have found that this seems to work. I thought, well, that's very interesting. And then, you know, that it's not that they're hiring a bookkeeper to be an electrical engineer, but, but they feel like if that bookkeeper doesn't have an appreciation for all the positions in the company, how are they going to honestly give their best effort keeping books? Oh, well, that, that interest, that's pretty interesting. So I began thinking about this. Matthew chapter 25, verse 13 says, Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Some of you have testified about that tonight, that this is happening very soon. We don't know the day or the hour, but Jesus said when you see these things begin to happen, know that I'm coming. So we're seeing these things. And verse 14 goes on to say, says this, verse 14, we're going to step through several of these, Nathan, so to be ready. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling unto a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now, remember, he just said, I'm coming back. Nobody knows when, but I'm coming back. You don't know the day or the hour, but I'm coming back. And then he says, but this is how it's going to be. Verse 15 goes on to say, and unto, uh, unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his um, several ability, and straightway he took his journey. Verse 16. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Verse number 17. And likewise, he that had received two and he had gained other two, verse 18. But he, verse 18, but he that had received one went and dig, dug in the earth and hid the Lord's money. Didn't do anything with it. Uh, I mean, he just, just put it away. Verse 19 goes on to say, after a long time, the Lord of the servant cometh and reckoned with them. Verse 20. Now watch what Jesus is about to say to them. Verse 20. 
And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five more talents. In verse number 21, and the Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now watch this. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Verse 22 goes on to say, And he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And verse 23, and I want to hold just there for a minute, Nathan. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Everybody say few. And I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of of the Lord. Now, I, I want to just hold right there, Nathan. We're going to read the next verse in a, in a few minutes, but just hold right there. The, the ESV version says, you know, um, thou has been faithful over small things. Uh, the Good News Bible and several of the other ones say um, thou has been, or I'm sorry, the, the ESV says thou has been faithful over little things. And the Good News Bible and several other translations says thou has been faithful over small things. Small things. And um, the reward of them being faithful over small things is that not only did they gain other things, but, but they got the approval of the master. I, I don't know why in the world, why in the world we think, we think, well, when I get there, I could just get to the pulpit if I, I'm in leadership, or if I could just get to the, the corner office if I'm working at a company, or if I can just... Or if I, if I could just somehow make it to supervisor, life would be so much easier if I could just become the supervisor. I'd run this, I'd run this department better. I, I mean, if I had my own company, that, you should see what I would do when I had my own company. I'd make millions. You know, if, if I could just become the pastor, this church would run a lot different. If I could just somehow get to the, be the pastor. We, 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 we seem to forget that leadership has nothing to do with that position, leadership has everything to do with right here. It, it, it's when you're in the pew. It's, it's, it's when you're sweeping up the floor. It's, it's when you've been asked to clean the bathroom on your job and you really don't think it's part of your, your, you know, your uh, requirements to get a paycheck. It's, it's the little things that make you a leader. It's the little that make you a supervisor. Have you ever wondered when you become supervisor why they put you on salary? It's not because you're going to work less. It's not because, well, you're just going to punch out and, and we're not going to have to worry about your time anymore because you'll work so very little. They, they put you as supervisor because your hours now increase beyond the company's ability to pay for all the amount of work you're about to do. It, it's, it's, it's interesting that somehow we think when we get there, then all of a sudden we automatically become the boss or we become the supervisor. But that's, that's not the case in point. It's the little things that make a difference. You, you find me someone that's worried about the restroom in a church service, and I'll eventually get them in the pulpit. You, you find interested in sweeping up the sidewalk or picking up the paper that they find in the pew or, or, or looking for things, and eventually they'll become the leader because it's the little things that make the difference. You know, I, you, you find me that's faithful in tithes and offerings. 
you find me someone that's faithful in attendance. You find me someone that's faithful in, in these little things. We can get them a long ways. See, leadership or any type of advancement in the kingdom of God has nothing to do where you're going. It has everything to do with where you're at. It checks your attitude. It checks your motives. It your, your character. It checks, it checks your integrity. It checks your honesty. It's the little things that make the difference. I don't understand why people think that somehow they can skip steps one through five as they want to be on step six. I really don't understand the mentality that says what that's beneath I don't need to take a harness class why would I want to take a harness class that's that's ridiculous I'll never wear a harness in my life I'm going to slip out five minutes early we we have a group of people now you forgive me because this is really coming from college we have a group of students that think a d is a degree On on a four point scale how many points is a d worth one through four on a four-point scale, one. A D is a one. Did you know in order to get a degree in Iowa, you have to have at least a 2.0 or higher to even get a degree? But somehow we, we, I, we have, I shouldn't say, we have a couple students that think a D is a degree and they think they're going to walk across the platform and they're going to get a diploma. They got a 1.68 grade point. They're not getting a diploma. They, they have for the last two years done, done, done just the bare minimum because everything else is beneath them. We, 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 got, I, we, got, we got, I shouldn't be talking like this, but we got, we got several students right now that don't, don't think they need to turn in homework because why? They, they have never, I've got, I've got at least six students right now that have never turned in homework in two semesters. And they say, why? It's only 10% of your grade. And, and, and I've got one right now that only attends 50% of the class. And he says, why? That's only, 50, that's only 10% of your grade. I'm like, well, that's 20% right there for the lack of turning in homework and not showing up for class right there. He wonders why he's got the 1.68. No. D's a degree. You see, you'll, can I, if I could give some of the young people some advice today, if you want to succeed in this life, you have to become good at the little things. You, you, you have to become good at doing what nobody else wants to do, the, 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 the work that you feel is beneath you. You, just, you have to get the right attitude that says, in order to succeed, I, I want to do even the little things. I... I have found this even spiritually. If you, if you want answers to your prayers, if you, want, if you want to advance in the kingdom of God, if you want to get closer to God, it's not in the big things that are going to get you there. It's in the little things that are going to get you there. It, it, it's not, it's not a, well, when I become this position or when I become pastor, when I become this, it's not that. That isn't what makes you a leader or, or what makes you successful in the kingdom of God. It's the little things that make you successful. I, I mean, the things that, I, I'm going to go way off on it, and I don't mean to, and I, I'm just tired, okay? I'm not mad at anybody. Please don't take that I'm mad. I just, I want to help you succeed. It's the things that nobody sees that make the difference. It's, it's the things, and, and, I, I, and I've got people in my life that come up to me and say, Pastor, I, I'm so tired. Nobody appreciates me. I, nobody sees what I'm doing. I'm sick of it. I don't get no joy. Nobody loves me. Nobody, and I'm like, ah. 
I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't think it's successful by you running around and saying, look at me, 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 look at me. I'm only going to do it so I can be seen. That, that's not how the kingdom of God works. It's the little things. Being faithful over the things that nobody sees or nobody knows you do. When, when, you, when, you, when you do that, then you'll find success. Then you'll find the joy. It, it's the little thing. It, it, when Brother Larry was a supervisor, uh, I, I promise you that if he ever looked out his little glass and somebody, somebody sweeping up when they weren't told to sweep up, all of a sudden he's like, that's somebody I want to watch right there. That guy is manager material right there. Doing those things that nobody else is doing, just, just the little things. I, I want to go a little bit further. Verse number 20, uh, 24 uh, kind of concludes the thought, and, and it says this, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou were a hard man. I'm getting so tired of the justifying. I really am. And I'm talking about grading. i got to put all their grades in. And I just, I'm so tired of all the excuses. Well, if I knew that the homework was required for this class, if I knew that I couldn't turn it in after this date, oh, I knew that thou art a hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not uh, a, a straw. And then verse, verse 25 goes on to say, And I was afraid and went hit, uh, hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast, uh, lo, um, there thou hast, that is thine. He's basically like, here you go back. I didn't do anything with it, but here you go. It's just like you gave me. I didn't touch it. I promise you. I just, I hit it and here you go. Didn't do anything. I, I am very, very interested. In fact, I, I think... I think the test of greatness is found in the little things. I, I, think, I think you can find who is going to be great in whatever perspective leadership or whatever, whatever level they're going to or whatever um, you know, position, even in company or in the world or in school or, or in, um, in, in the church. I, I think the little things are truly the test of great things that can be trusted with you. I have been very blessed both in the church and within my secular career, not because I was the most intelligent, not because I had the biggest degrees, not, not because I graduated from the right schools. I, I found success because people, um, when, and I wasn't looking for cre uh, credit, and I wasn't looking for a reward, when people began to understand that there's a lot of little things being done in this company and we need to find out who's doing them. I... I I was telling my students um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, I got very, very blessed working for the last company I was working for, and they paid me a lot of money to do what I was doing, and I didn't have the degree. I wasn't a degreed engineer. I was an associate degreed engineer. I was the bottom of the degree scale, and I was in top of the engineering group, and, and, and even at that level, when I had the company car and the, and the cell phones and the money and, the, and all that stuff that came with that, um, I was still cleaning the bathrooms. 
I was still, right before visitors would come to the company, I would run to the men's restroom. I'd make sure there was toilet paper there. I'd make sure that the paper towel was there. I'd wash up the sink if there was any stains on the sink. I'd clean the toilet and scrub the toilet. I would, I would oh, you, you should even see me today. I don't know what it is with young men right now, but they can't hit the toilet to save their life. And even the job I have now, I walk in and I clean up the floor of all the mist you know, toilet bowl accidents and start cleaning it up and, and I clean the lid and I clean underneath the lid and I, I clean, the, I clean the, the stuff on the back of the lid and I, I just clean all that type of stuff, even today. It's one of the things that I do. I always go to the restroom, just check it out. If you want to know how I got to where I got, it has nothing to do with my intelligence or my abilities. It was the little things that got me from a nothing and nobody to the place that I got on my job. Even in the church, um, you know one of the first things that I go looking for in the church? I go looking in the bathroom. I, I do. And my wife knows this too, and she goes looking in the bathroom. It, it's been very interesting. Now, I'm not complaining. Don't misread this, okay, at all. But it's been kind of discouraging the last couple of weeks because there's there, there are bathrooms in all of our campuses that no longer have toilet paper in them, and they no longer have, uh, no longer have paper towels in them. And, and, and I just like, every time I keep going to the bathroom now, I keep looking, and they're not there. And I'm like, who was the last one to use this? How hard is it for someone to say, hey, we're out of toilet paper? I mean, how hard? I mean, that's like, wow. Now, I know we got kids, and that's not traditionally type of thing, but, but, but I just, every time I walk back to the bathroom, I just look in. I'm like, we have a toilet paper. And I don't know where the toilet paper is. I got to do just like you do. I got to walk around and say, um, Sister Inger, where's the toilet paper? And she's like, I don't know where the toilet paper is. I think Brenda brought toilet paper. Like, where they put it? I don't know where they put it. Don't I? I mean, we, spend, we spend 15 minutes just asking everybody, anybody seen where the toilet paper is? Because it's the little things that make a difference. It really is. And I mean, how bad would it be to our first-time visitor to go sit in the bathroom and then get up and go, where's the toilet paper at? And then go, now what I do? There's not even paper towels in here. That's right. I mean, it really is the little things, and, and I don't have a corner on where we, I, in fact, I, it took me a long time to figure out where the toilet paper was in this church, and I still, to this day, scratch my head once in a while and wonder how it keeps getting filled. I know you do, but, but I also know who buys it. Say, I did it, Pastor. I, I, I just talk about little things and not taking credit. I'm just picking, kind of. <laughs> I, it really is. I, I mean, I, I really never want to get to the place where the little things don't matter anymore. I mean, who in the world do I think I am? I was a sinner saved by grace. I don't deserve to heaven as my home. What I deserve is far beneath heaven. Thank God he saved me, and I pray to God that he takes me home to Jesus. If I ever get an attitude that says, those things are now beneath me, I, I'm not going to look at the bathroom anymore. Who? I'm the senior pastor. I shouldn't have to place the toilet paper in this place. Who in the world do I think I am? I, I, if you, if I read a lot of leadership books. If you read the leaders that are truly successful in the corporate world, 
I mean, the ones that are really, really successful. I know you're all complaining. They make 500000 a year. They make 590000 a year. That's ridiculous. They make a million dollars a year plus got 500, half a million in retirement. That's ridiculous. But I promise you, you couldn't hang with them for one day. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't get up at 2 in the morning and get on that jet and fly clear across to California for an 8 a.m. meeting and then get back on a plane and fly clear across the country so you land about 10 o'clock at night only so that you can have financial reports done and book, bookkeeping done and, and, and get to bed somewhere around 3 in the morning so you can get back up for a 4 a.m. meeting. Yeah, I know that you want the money, but the problem is with money comes great responsibility. With leadership becomes not less responsibility but more responsibility. And, and, I, and I know a lot of those men will still stop by the bathroom and check out the bathroom, make sure the, I, where's the garbage pail, by the way, in our bathroom? Anybody know where our garbage pail? It's disappeared in the men's bathroom. I was in there just checking. I don't know where the bathroom, uh, the garbage pail is. It's gone. Okay. Be, be, <laughs> it's not there no more. It's gone. See, it's the little things that truly make the difference. If you want to have miracles, it's got to start in the little things. I, I, I'm going to show you some of that right now. Luke chapter 16, verse number 10. Luke chapter 16, verse number 10. Nathan, I'm going to show in this King James Version, and then I'm going to flip it over to the Message Version. Luke chapter 16, verse number 10. He that is faithful in what, or that which is least, is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. What Jesus is teaching here is truly the little things. When you can become faithful to the little things, then you'll become faithful in the much things. And, and, and in fact, he said the opposite is true too. If you're unjust in the little things, you're going to be unjust in the, in the greater things. And, and you can say this of, of Thanksgiving. If you're not thankful for the little things right now, there is no way you're going to be thankful for the bigger things. Why would God give you anything more if you're not thankful for what you have now? It really is found in the little things. Verse number 11, I'm sorry, no, go ahead and put it up in the message version of the Bible before we get there. The message version of the Bible um, says this. Jesus went on to make these com uh, comments. If you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in big things. If you're honest in the little thing. Th this is why those little white lies are so dangerous. Because if you're going to lie about the little things, you'll start lying about the big things. If, if, if you're not going to be trusted with little things, why anybody should trust you with bigger things? You know, I, I always got into an argument with, with, with um, uh, students and just, just like that. They're like, they're like uh, how come you never trust me? I'm like, well, there's a reason. Well, all I did was... Yeah, I know. I mean, I caught you cheating on one test. Why in the world should I trust you any further on the other test? Then they'll say, well, what do I got to do to earn your respect again? I'm like, continue to be honest in the little things. I, I would much rather have someone come tell me and say, man, I blew it. I just didn't get it done. I, I'm sorry. I just blew it. Than to tell me, well, you don't understand. My grandmother died. I'm like, that's the third time she's died. No, 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 this is my grandmother on my mother's side, twice removed, and my uncle, and, and, and more like she raised me. I'm like, okay, but it's the third time you've told me that same story. 
If, if it's, it's truly the little things. If, if I found any success in this life, it has been found in the little things. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. I, I got people that tell me all the time, Pastor, I want to be in charge of something in the church. I was like, that's cool. Because your name's been on the cleaning list for the last two years. You've not cleaned once. It's the little things. Well, no, 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 you don't understand. I've been too busy, and I got this going on. I got that going on. I got this going on. I got that going on. I'm like, it's the little things. Pa- Pastor, you know, I, I really, I've got a good testimony. I, I just, if I could just take 45 minutes of, and preach during the service, that, that would be wonderful. I'm like, well, that'd be wonderful, too, because you, you committed to giving $4 a month to missionaries. You've never given a dollar to missionaries. It really is the little things. It's not the amount. I don't care if it's 25 cents. I don't care if it's a nickel. If you say, I'm going to give five cents to a missionary um, in, this, in this next year, that's my goal. Guess what the pastor is going to check at the end of the year when you're sitting in my office saying how much you want to preach? Not the amount. I just say, well, let's see, you promised to give that five cents. You never gave it. Oh, it's just a nickel. Jesus doesn't need my money. No, he don't need your money, but he needs your faithfulness. And again, it's, don't understand, I'm not bringing this down to offerings. I tell you, I'm just saying that there, there are measures of your faithful, faithfulness before you ever become a leader in this church. And if you don't measure up in the small things, how in the world is this tr- church going to trust you in the big things? How in the world is God going to trust you for the bigger things? If, if you're praying for a miracle and, and, and yet rejecting the little things that God is doing for you, how in the world can he give you the miracle? It's, it's the little things that really make this is why God has been so good to me and my wife. This is why miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle has happened in our life. I, I, I am amazed. In fact, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, Brother, Brother Fleming told me here just a couple of weeks ago, he, he said, Brother Inger, um, he said, I was at a national event. I was, I was at a national meeting, and all the district superintendents were there, and all, all the people were there, and, and Brother Cox stood up. Now, he's the district superintendent of Louisiana. He was, in, um, he was in our district conference. He stood up, and he said, Brother Fleming, come up here and talk about that, that young guy in Storm Lake, that, that miracle that they had. Come up and, and talk about it. And so Brother Fleming got up and said, well, I, I, I guess this is what had happened. And Brother Cox, about two minutes into it, said to Brother Fleming, just sit down. You ain't telling the story right. And he began to tell the whole story. Brother, Brother Fleming would, would say, well, I, I, think, I think they bought the church for, for like 100 or 110. Oh, just sit down. They got it for $100,000, and, and he began telling the whole story. He went up for like 20 minutes, and he's marveling. I mean, everywhere, he, says, he says, Brother Fleming, everywhere I go, and, and, and he preaches all over the world, he says, everywhere I go, I tell them about this little church in the middle of nowhere that God is using mightily in, in his last days. And he said he's spreading the word about this miraculous thing. Well, how does that happen? It happens because there's an awful lot of people here that are very concerned about the little things. And if God can trust you with the little things, he can start opening up the bigger things. I, I really believe this in all my heart if you would just understand the little things. Yeah. Uh, Luke chapter 17. Uh, no, let's, let's go back, Nathan. I'm sorry. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Luke chapter 13, verse 31. The little things are so important. Matthew 13, verse uh, 31 says this. Um, another parable he put forth saying, the kingdom of his heaven is like the grain of a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. In verse 32, are you, are you there yet? Matthew chapter 13, verse 32, in the King James Version, buddy. 
Yeah, Matthew chapter thir- uh, 13, verse 32, says this, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it grows, it is the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Jesus is really laying down the biblical pattern to whatever you need. He said if you would take the least of the things, if you would just take the smallest of the things, if you would just take that tiny little seed and be faithful to it and do what you're supposed to with it, eventually it will become a very large thing. It makes a difference. The Bible says let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And it's not that God needs you to do certain things. It's God needs you to be faithful to certain things. And, and, and if you say, I'm going to do this, then Jesus says, do it because that's the secret to getting everything else you want. You can't go from the bottom to the top unless you're faithful in what he's given you. You can't do it. Some of the most talented people in all the world that I know uh, are, are going nowhere because they, 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 they can't be faithful to the little things. I, I, I'll be very honest with you even more. Um, when I was mentoring Brother Ryan Near, uh, Brother Ryan Near, um, as you know now, uh, it's hard to book. He's preaching everywhere. And he preached in the largest church in Pentecost. And, and the brother, if you go to a, um, two years ago when he was in, introduced to, to preach, um, Brother Tamil gets up and he said, we're so glad to have Brother Ryan Near here um, preaching. I'll tell you why he's here. He said he was in um, Wisconsin district and he, excuse me, and he, uh, he was there not to get a job or not to get a preaching appointment. He wasn't there asking or begging any of the pastors to preach him. He was just simply sitting in their conference and when they asked for help, he jumped up. And he started doing the little things. He started passing out the paper ballots, and he started getting the basket and picking up the ballots. He just kept going around. And he said, I watched the young man all day long just run and serve and do all the little things. And he said to himself, if I'm going to have take a chance on an evangelist, I'm going to take a chance on that young man right now there because he has been faithful in the little things. There were other evangelists there. They sat in the back in their fancy suits and had their really nice shoes on and sat in the back, and, and they ran around and shook hands with all the important people and say, God bless you. I'm going to be in your district next week. It's so good to, have, so good to be in the Wisconsin district. Got this, and, and hugged the right necks and patted the right backs. But Brother Tamil said, I didn't want them to preach. I wanted the young man that was faithful in the little things to preach. Brother Nero and I talked about that quite a bit. The secret, I, I love having Brother Ryan here. Here, it's not because he can preach, it's because the little things that he does when he's here. It's the waitress that he ministers to when I take him out to eat. It's the hotel clerk that he spends hours with witnessing to and telling him about Jesus Christ. It's, it's the little things that he does that makes the difference. That's why he's going to be very, very successful um, in this kingdom because he's learned the secret to the little things goes on to say in um, Zechariah, I'm sorry, let's go to Zechariah, um, Z-E-C, Nathan, Zechariah, chapter 4, verse number 10, Z-E-C, chapter 4, verse 10, we're going to do it both in the King James and the Message Version of the Bible, I, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to understand or appreciate what God is doing here. He says this, he said, For who hath despised the day of the small things? He said, who's going to get upset at, at the small things? 
For they shall rejoice and they shall see the plummet of the land of Zerubbabel. And with those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. He says, he says wait a minute. He said, I'm watching. And it's going to happen because, because of the little things. Put it, oh, you did it in the, me- the message room. Okay. Does anybody dare despise the day of small beginnings? You can read this whole chapter. I don't have time to get into it. But really what God is saying through the prophet is he says, do you understand? Can you appreciate the day of small beginnings? Can, can, you, can you appreciate it? This, this is why exactly I know that marathon is going to be mightily used uh, by God. Over 90, getting close to 95 years in this town and, and, and God, when he wants to start using somebody, he's going to look for someone who has been faithful in the small things. And that's who he's going to bless. That's how he's going to bring it to pass. He says, does, does anybody dare despise the day of small beginnings? You, you know, it's interesting to me. Um, um, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, me and a couple other pastors. And I, I would love, I would love, not, not, I'm not, I say that just, um, I believe, I really believe for what God's going to do, we have to raise up from, from inside. I think that's the only way it's going to work. We raise up leaders from the inside. But there was, there was a time when we, when we thought, well, man, I'll, just, I'll hire a couple of kids from Bible college. I mean, they're coming out and want to preach, and, and uh, we're going to give them a chance. In fact, some of the pastors were talking around the table how they were going to offer an internship. You know, if you were in your second year of Bible college, come work for the summer for them. And none of them have found success. The pastors, they said, well, I, you know, I brought a couple of people in, gave them room and board and paid them like $500 a month or, or I, I paid their uh, college debt off or whatever, $2,000 college debt. And he said, then they said, well, it just doesn't work, Brother Inger. It doesn't work. And, 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 and there's a lot of people in this world that you call them and say, hey, we got this brand new work in Sheldon, Iowa. I mean, there's only like, there's only like 12 people there. There's only like 10 people there. Would you like to come down and pastor? Like, no. No. I, I'm not going to pastor until there's like 250 people. Then, then you can call me. Or, or what, what type of salary, Brother Ritter knows this too, what type of salary do I get with that? I wasn't, I wasn't even dumb enough to ask Brother Ritter what type of salary when he called and said, Brother Inger, would you, you ever consider a marathon? I didn't say, well, how much does it pay? <laughs> he probably would have said, uh, never mind, click. <laughs> But that's, that's the truth. Uh, and, and, and the one scripture, I've told you this the last couple of weeks, that's really getting on my nerves lately is when people jump up and say, where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. Well, that's an excuse for you complaining about how few people showed up. That's, that's not what that scripture means. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, well, uh, woe is me because there's only three people here, but God is still going to move. I tell you what, if two or three showed up, I want to preach to them like they're 400 or 500. I want to preach till my guts fall out and my tongue rolls over on the carpet. I, it's not the number. It's being faithful in whatever you're doing at that moment. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I mean, 13, I think there was 18 the very April 1st when I came in here to preach. I think I wrote it in my notes. There were 18 people here when I came to preach the very first sermon when I, as pastor I came here. 18 people. Cassie came just to check out the new preacher and brought, threw the whole curve off and brought Junior and the kids. And uh, Okay. Because I remember I turned around and she was standing right on that step on, on the inside. I'm like, who is that? 
Okay. I, there were only six. We still got the photo uh, at Burger King when we went down to Storm Lake. There were only six there when we went to Burger King, and my daughter was sicker than a dog. But I didn't get up and say, well, there's two or three here. God bless, there's two or three here. God's going to move in the midst of these. If you can't be faithful to the six that God brought to you, how in the world are you going to be faithful to the 600 that God wants to bring you? Hey, you know, these care groups, I love these care groups. You can't be faithful when that one person shows up to your care group and you're going to complain. I guess people don't feel me, Pastor. People don't understand me. I, I don't know what's going on. They don't give me my respect, Pastor. I'm like, respect? You don't deserve respect. You need to be faithful to the one person that showed up. And I've been telling all the leaders, if you got a little Bible study in your room, I'm praying for the day that nobody shows up because I truly want to know are you going to be faithful in the little things? And you say, well, I, I'll, nobody showed up, Pastor, so I prayed for five minutes and just went home. No, you stay for the whole thing. If, you're, if your care group goes four hours, you better stay for the full four hours. Because it's little things. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to, listen, I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I, I'm just saying, God said, are you going to despise the day of small beginnings? Because if you are, then you can't appreciate what I'm about to do. It really, it starts right there. If I have learned anything, it's been be faithful in the little things. Be faithful. I, we had a men's prayer uh, just a couple years ago, and I got all excited because nobody was going to show up. And I was standing right here thinking, oh, yes, this is my day to rejoice in the small things. And I'm, like, I'm getting ready to pray. I might even pray two hours. We were only going to pray an hour. I just might pray for two hours. And then Brother Jim and Brother Larry showed up. I'm like, oh, man, they ruined it. Because I was excited about the little things. And Brother Jim told me, Brother Inger, I've been looking forward to this all week long. Little things. You know, it really does matter. The little things. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verse number 5. Luke chapter 17, verse number 5. Look what Jesus describes about our faith. Brother, Brother George put his arm around me. Brother George pastors the largest church in Iowa right now. Okay. The, the largest single church in Iowa. He pastored the largest single church. And he told me just something very, very interesting this week. We were going out, or this, uh, when we were at Ladies Retreat, uh, I went out for prime rib twice. Don't want to rub that in. But the second time, not the first time, but the second time that I went out for prime rib, the first time I went out all by myself. I'm like, I'm going to be faithful in the little things. And I sat down in Texas Roadhouse. I said, bring me all the buns you can bring me. But the second time I went out for prime ribs, true story. Brother George says, you know what I did, Brother Inger, when I first got to Anamosa? I said, what? What did you do? He said, I went around and paid all the debt off that everybody in that church had accumulated. If they owed a, a city bill or a gas bill and had moved out of town and weren't being faithful to that, he went and paid it. Uh, he said, you know, there were, some, there were a couple of families that had left, and he said they owed, like, the hardware, like, 63 bucks hardware store. He went down and paid that. He said, I took it out of my own savings, and I paid off all the debt for the people that weren't no longer part of that church. 
I said, why did you do that? He said, because it's the little things in a small town that truly make the difference. I didn't want to pastor a church that everybody was complaining about never pays their bills and they're unfaithful with their utility bill. They don't pay this bill. They don't pay that bill. They don't pay that bill. Brother George said, that's how I built a great church in Anamosa. I became concerned about the little things. It makes a difference. Uh, you're in the wrong verse. Chapter 17, I think I said verse um, verse 5. You're in the right verse. I'm sorry. And the apostle said unto the Lord, oh, that's right. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Man, we want bigger faith. I want to be in the pulpit. You know what? I got to stop right here and tell you. You know, the further you go, the bigger the demons get. The, the, hard, the bigger the weight gets on your shoulder, the bigger the burden gets. You, do you understand the bigger the responsibility gets? Okay. And so they're, they're, they're just like we do. we like, God, give me more faith. I want more faith. And God said, all right. Verse number six. Increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as, the, uh, as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the roots and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. What he was saying is, if you truly want faith, you got to understand it's the small things. Faith, faith the size of a mustard. See, we say that. I just had faith the size of the mustard. But they asked God, increase, increase our faith. And he went this way. He went, that's all it takes. Jesus, I want, I want more faith. I want to be mighty. I want to, Jesus said, oh, cool, here. It's just, it's the little thing. I know you can't see it. It's, it's just right there. It's the little things. I want God to answer my prayer. And Jesus says, oh, here, it's the little things. Why, why isn't God hearing my prayer? Why, why isn't mountains moving? Why isn't trees being plucked up? And I had a tree plucked up and thrown in my yard. <laughs> just the little things. I didn't even speak to that one. It just, poof. It got scared and said, we know who lives in this house. Boom, just lays down. Plucked up by the roots. I kid you not, you can still see the roots there. Jesus, Jesus, oh, that's easy. You want to increase your faith? You, you, really, you really want to do mighty things for God? Start by the little things. Understand the concept of the little things. If you understand the concept of the little things, then you'll be able to do great things. That's really where it starts. When you ask yourself, why isn't it working for me, Pastor? Well, I would go back and examine what little things are you missing? What are the little things that you're not doing? It's not to them that can shout the loudest. And I promise you, it's not to the most intelligent. I feel like a donkey sometimes. God uses mules. I feel like one of those mules. It has nothing to do. Can can I tell you? don't, Don't translate this. Eric, don't tell Raquel this. But I was preaching Sunday, and I felt like God wanted to do something. And, and, and I haven't prayed for people. I've been making all of you pray for people. It's been a long time since I prayed to anybody through the Holy Ghost. And, and I called her. I called her. I said, Heather, Jose, bring Raquel up here. And they brought her up here. And all of a sudden, I froze. I'm like, I don't remember how this works anymore. I wanted to look over and say, uh, uh, Jay, Cruz, pray, pray her through. That's what I wanted to do. I'm like, you pray her through. (laughs) Don't tell her that. Tell her I had great faith. Tell her I believed it deep in my heart. But this is what I did. I stepped back and I said, God, 
It only takes a little thing. It only takes a little faith. And God, you know that I haven't done this in a while. And I've been forcing all these, uh, all these people to do it. And I'm like, God, I, I pray that this still works. Do you feel it in your stomach? And I, 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 I held my breath. You guys didn't see it. I, when I asked her, you feel it in your stomach? I was hoping she didn't say no. Because I didn't, I didn't have no more to go for. That was it. That's the only card I had to play. I'd have said, okay, high five. Good to have you here. Why don't you all stand up? That's what I would have said, you know. <laughs> I was kidding. But when she said yes, it's what I've been trying to teach these guys. The door, the faith door, the parameter was opened up. So it was the little question. It was the little step. It was the little, it was the little things. If, if you really want to be um, used in God, it's the little things. Some of you want to rush right to tongue talking. You grab them, you start shaking them, and Pastor, I can't pray them through the Holy Ghost. Well, no wonder you went from like step one to step 20. You skipped all the other steps. I told, told my story, and I had somebody banging on the back of my head. I don't know how I got the Holy Ghost. They beat it into me that night. That's all I know. But it truly works. If you want to pray someone through the Holy Ghost, start with the little things. In fact, <coughs> in fact here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, Saturday, Saturday, we're believing that um, several young, of our young people are going to receive the Holy Ghost. And at 1.30, the evangelist is going to meet with people that want to work the altar and want to learn how to pray people through the Holy Ghost. And so at 1.30, if you want to come, if you want to be used, and if you want to minister, you need to come to the church, and he's going to teach you what he's expecting out of you. So at 1.30, and then at 2 o'clock, right at 2 o'clock, not Spanish time, North American <laughs> standard time, or central time, 2 o'clock, it's going to start. And, and we're going to trust God for a great thing. But... Um, and like, like what Brother Jimmy said, nine received the Holy Ghost the first night in Waterloo. Twenty-three received the Holy Ghost in Dubuque last night. It's in Des Moines tonight. Uh, Children's Crusades in Des Moines tonight. If you've already got the Holy Ghost, Madison and Jenna, I'd encourage you to still come and pray back through. And Felina, you can still you can talk in tongues all over again. But he's going to tell you how important the little things are. Luke chapter 12, verse number 42. I'll be done with this. Everybody says, well, I wish I had great faith. I, I wish I had all that. Brother, Brother Larry even said, you know, um, he's getting to the age now that, that he wants to be used in the ministry and wants to go forward and these type of things. Um, I, and, and that's great. It's never too late. But it always starts with the little things. And, and, and if you're going to get to the big things, it says this, and Jesus answered and said, who then that is faithful and wise steward, whom is his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? And verse 43 goes on to say this, blessed is that servant whom the Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Doing what? Doesn't matter. Just be doing it. 
I, I've, got, I've got at least, and I, I'm not even giving you a number, I've got a few people in this collective ministry, Marathon, Storm Lake, Sheldon, that are just patiently sitting in their seat just waiting to be used. I'll be very honest, I'm, I have no intention of using them because they're not doing anything. It, it, I, I, it, it boggles my mind. Demanding, I'm, you're going to use me. No, I'm not. You're not doing anything. It starts with the little things. He, he said, blessed is the servant when the Lord cometh find, shall find him doing something. Doesn't matter. Verse number 44 says this. Oh, of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Let Jesus find you sweep. Let, let Jesus find you vacuuming. Let, let Jesus find, I, I put a challenge out. We'll see, see what it is. I won't, I won't tell them, but I'll tell you, all right? Nobody's here from Storm, Storm Lake. I asked them, I said, can somebody mow the lawn before Saturday? That's all I said. Someone mow the lawn. Three people raised their hand. We'll see. We'll see. It's not very glamorous. You're probably not. I'm going to keep reading. You leave that up. I, I, it's not very glamorous. It, it, it's, not, it's not one of those positions we're going to put in the bulletin to say, oh, praise Jesus. Thank God someone mowed the grass. And I'm not going to get up and say, 52, receive the Holy Ghost tonight because somebody mowed the lawn. I mean, it's important. I'm expecting it to be done. I'll be very disappointed if it's not when I show up at one. But, but it's about being faithful. If you want to be over other things, you have to be faithful over the little things. But and, but, and if that servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the manservants and the maidservants and to eat and to drink and to be drunken. Verse 46 in other words, if he starts backing off and doing dumb things, the Lord of that servant will come in that day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Which is verse 46, 47. 47 says, and that servant which Lord knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Verse 48. And he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much required. To him who men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. You've heard this one, much is given, much is required. Okay. <laughs> but it starts with the little things. It really does. I, I know you're afraid. Well, I know that if God gives me things, then it's going to require more things. Absolutely it does. But it still starts with the little things. It, it, it's a progression. And, and when you're asked, this is why Sonny says all the time, uh, I feel like I'm the only one that's doing everything. Well, of course you are. Jesus said that. When you start doing things, more things will be asked of you. And more things will be asked of you. When Brother Larry was supervisor, I bet he still did clean up and, and, and put a couple of pallets together and tried whatever needed to be done. It didn't matter if it was 6 in the morning or at 7 o'clock at night. He was being paid salary. He was expected to do his work plus every other thing that wasn't done. 
the more you, the, the, the further you go, the more is expected of you. The more that you do, the more that will be asked of you. That's the way it goes. I, I wish it wasn't. I keep teasing that, that when, when all these campuses get up and we have all these campuses, pastors going, I'm just going to sit in a chair. That's my job. This, is, this has been my goal. This is, this is all I want to do. I want to get here, and I want you to call me bishop, and I want to put my arms up like this and just relax. Do you think Jesus is honestly going to let me do that? No. It's fun to talk about it, but I absolutely know that all it'll require is more work. My wife and I are talking, a couple others are talking this. I'm excited about going full-time. I'm weeks from going full-time ministry. Weeks from going full-time ministry. And, and I keep telling everybody, oh, I'll have more time. I'll have more time. I keep telling everybody, well, I'm going to have more time. We're going to do this. I'll have more time. We're going to do this. We're going to have more time to do this. And my wife keeps looking at me and she's like, you're not very smart, are you? You're not going to have more time. You're going to have less time. I'm like, how do I get less time? Because I finally be working full time for the church. She says, that's right, full time. You don't get to hide at your little job anymore. <laughs> Why don't you stand with me? It's all my wife keeps talking about. She says, every time I tell somebody, well, we're going to start doing this and we're going to start doing that, she says, I don't know why you keep promising things, all these things. She said, you ain't going to be able to do all that. I was telling her, um, if you go to the nursery in Storm Lake, somebody knocked the heater off the wall and there's wires dangling there. I said, well, when I go full time, I'm going to go fix that. She said, yeah, whatever. I told her, I told her yesterday, we're coming home. And I said, I said, dear, we're about ready to get our sign put up in, Storm, in, in Sheldon. By the way, Sheldon, this is the last Sunday or Saturday off. It's an all-campus event Saturday afternoon. Then the 15th, I think, is that next Saturday, the 14th or 15th, uh, we'll be back in Sheldon. It'll be a 5.30 service, 5.30 service. Well, they're about to put the sign up. And they said, what phone number do you want on that big glass window? At first I thought, I'll put my cell phone on there. Then I got a thinking. I said, put the church's phone number on there for here. <laughs> and I told my wife all the way home, I said, I'm so excited about that. I said, when I get full time, I'm going to go ahead and wire up that new phone system. It'll drive Sister Vicky crazy because it'll be an office one with extension numbers and personal email or personal voice messages, all this type of stuff. I said, but I'm going to get that in. She's like, when are you going to have time to do that? I said, when I go full time. You watch, I'm going to have time. There's a lot of things that need to be repaired she just keeps shaking her head. Because when much is given, much is required. And when you've done a lot, more is going to be asked of you. But it starts with the little things. I wish, young people, if you find any success in this life, it's going to be found through doing little things. The reason you're going to get pay raises, the reason you're going to advance in your career, the reason that you're going to become everything you're supposed to become is because you will do the little things. Students tell me all the time, I ain't going to do that when I get on my job. Well, you ain't going to work your job very long. Our wind, wind students are all bragging. They offered me 25 bucks an hour. I go, yeah. And guess what they're going to ask you the first day when you show up? To go out and clean the car out. Go out and clean the truck out. Vacuum it out real good. Just vacuum the I'm not going to do that. They're not paying me $25 an hour to vacuum a truck. I'm like, yeah, they are. 
And when you get done with that, you can go sweep the shop. And when you're done with sweeping the shop, you can reorganize the rack. And when you get done reorganizing the rack, you can pick all the tools up and clean them and put them away. I'm not going to do that. I'm like, well, then come the second day of your job, you'll be in the HR director. They'll be saying, we're sorry, we're going to have to let you go. Because it's the little things. I, I want to pray with you real quick. Jesus, God, I pray that you would raise up a generation that would not despise the small beginnings, that would not look down upon, God, the little things that you're asking, but, but God, with faithfulness, with commitment, with dedication, God, they would earnestly strive after to even do the little things, the things that nobody even knows are being done. And it's through that, God, that you can entrust a group of people with the bigger things. God, I ask that you would help me as a pastor of this church be faithful to even the little things. God, keep my eyes open and my ears listening, God, to even the little things that are needing to be done. And I'll give you glory and honor in all it that you're about to do through this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands one with another. Nathan, you can stop the recording. You are dismissed. I need to see the musicians, marathon musicians. Sunday morning, if you play Sunday morning, I need to see you real quick.